You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. So last week we started a two-week sermon series called Time Out. We learned that in different times in, in basketball games, volleyball games, wherever, you can call a timeout, and that helps to refocus. And so this week, we are calling another timeout of our Sermon on the Mount series, and then next week we'll start a sermon series in Lent on the Lord's Prayer, breaking it down section by section, looking at what each section actually means when the Lord asks us to pray this prayer And so we hope that you will come and be a part of the Lenten series on that. But as we end another week with more brokenness showing through in the world, in Ukraine, Russia issue, do do you ever wonder what kind of difference the gospel of Jesus Christ is really making? I mean, maybe that's hard to accept coming from your pastor, but let's be real. Do you ever sit back and say to yourself when these things are happening, does it really matter? Do you ever wonder if it's time to just give up, give in, and say, you know what, no one's listening anyway. Maybe it's just time to let it go. Now I got that song running through everybody's mind. Just this week, I've heard or been told in various contexts that the word of God is no longer valid. This is true. I've heard it from friends. I've seen it on Facebook. I've heard it in people's conversation. It makes no impact, and that honestly we are wrong for standing on it so strongly. So now's the time to take a deep breath, Faith Church. This isn't a time to quit. It's a time to endure, my friends. The book of Hebrews is a book encouraging us not to give up on our journey with Jesus. What the book of Hebrews does, um, I just want to kind of pause here and explain to you. The book of Hebrews is is talking about a a topic that we have in the evangelical congregational church that some people debate, thousands of people have debated this. It's called apostasy. And what apostasy means is, 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 is it possible for someone, once they've tasted the grace of Jesus Christ, to walk away from that belief? Some pastors would say it is absolutely impossible for someone to walk away from their faith once they have totally tasted the grace of Jesus Christ. And so those who appear to have walked away from their faith were never saved in the first place for those gentlemen or ladies. Second, there is those who believe that it is possible that you would make a decision to walk away from Jesus Christ after you've made a decision to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the book of Hebrews is where, is where this, this kind of theme is going throughout it. You know, there's, this, there's, there's some things here that, that talk about people who give up, who don't walk the walk anymore, who who walk away from it. And, and I'm not here to get into that debate. I obviously serve a denomination that has a feeling on it, and, and, and I teach that feeling, but I also say there are those who have differing feelings, and you need to go to the Word of God and figure out what you believe. It's not my job to tell you this is what you must believe. 
It's my job to lead you to the scripture passages and you figure out what you believe. But here's what I do know. I know that as we march on, and I'm not saying this is going to happen tomorrow, but as we march on towards the end of times, it is clear in scripture that there will be those who were appeared to walk with Jesus that jump ship. It's clear. You can see it all through the teachings of the end times. There will be those churches that will be full of false teachers during the end times. Why? Because they never knew Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. They never grasped it. They put on a show. They said the right words around certain people. But here's the bottom line. No one, no one can fool God. Jonah tried, it didn't work so well. Others have tried, it doesn't work so well. And so the writer of Hebrews has called us to approach God with a sincere heart. Our motivation matters to God. Hypocrisy cannot exist as we come to God. God sees our hearts and knows our motives. And here's the bottom line with that discussion on whether you're once saved, always saved, or you can walk away. Here's the bottom line. I, as a pastor, cannot make a decision on your salvation, and you can't for others. That's not my job. There is one judge. He will handle that at the end of time. But you see, when someone says to me, well, that person never really knew, you're getting awful dangerous in your handling of God's word. Because you're stepping into a place that Jesus occupies. And so we have to be careful when we come to those kind of things. But we need to know that God does know our hearts and he knows our motives. And we cannot go forward into the presence of God if we do not come with sincere, true hearts. Just before where Pastor Landon read from the writer of Hebrews, he has told us that we need to motivate each other to love and good works and to hold fast to our hope. Because if we choose... To turn from God, there no longer remains a sacrifice for such a choice. Now, again, there will be those who say those people never really knew, and there will be those people who say they knew, but they walked away from it. But here's the bottom line, friends. It's not for us to know. We won't know until the end of time. The writer will now spend verses 32 through 39 giving us five points for endurance. What we will look at in this text is consider how we can have endurance from the instructions provided by the Holy Spirit through the author of Hebrews. So here's the, here's the first point. Remember your past. Remember your past. In Hebrews chapter 10, he said, Pastor Landon read this, but I'm going to read it real quick. Remember those earlier days after you have received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, 
Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. The first point to endurance, the writer of Hebrews is saying here, is to remember your past. Now, we've been told by other people, the Apostle Paul and in other teachings, to not, to not turn and look at your past, to look forward, to look forward to the goal. This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's not saying to stop all your forward progress and look back. It is to take a time, a period of time, short period of time, and to look back of how God used you in your past. It says they endured a long struggle with sufferings. Sometimes they were exposed to public insults. Some experienced persecution. Some were put in prison. Some endured the confiscation of their property. Some of these Christians showed love and courage by standing side by side with those who were treated this way. Why is the writer saying all this? point is, is that you have endured in the past, every last one of you. You did not quit when the pressure said, just quit. And you may be sitting here saying, well, I don't know how I endured. Listen, I could stand here and look all over this congregation, and I can tell you, many of you have endured through things that I have never experienced. And I hope I don't. But I've also endured through things that you maybe have never experienced. And to be honest, I hope you don't. And so the writer of Hebrews is starting this encouragement out because he wants us to look back. He wants us to take a moment and look back and say, in our past... This is where I have endured. You showed love and concern and compassion during those difficult times. Not only did you not give up, but you were even rose to a challenge in how you handled the trials and how you helped others through the trials. That's the encouragement of Hebrews in the first part of this section. So why preach this? Because folks, if, if I'm honest as your pastor, I think there's going to be times in the next several months and years, and probably have been in the past couple of years, where you should probably look back. Because you're being really hard on yourself right now. And you should look back and say, wow, whew, whew. People have quit for bigger reasons or smaller reasons. And I stood the ground because of Jesus Christ. You know, let's not even just talk about individuals. Let's talk about the church. Church. 
I'm not going to go into all of the details, but Faith Church and Temple PA has endured a lot of stuff. Some before many of you, me included, even stepped foot into the church. It's been through a lot, yet we stand here today seeking out our community and sharing the life-saving good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe today you need to show that most important person some grace, and that's yourself. Not just others. Maybe you need to see yourselves as damaged goods. But you know what? The fact that you're sitting here this morning, even giving this message a chance, is huge because there's a big percentage that isn't. Can you please stop letting the enemy have every bit of you and start giving yourself to the work of Christ? Trust me, this sermon was preached through this heart before it's preached through your heart. Would you stop letting the enemy win? There's a reason why in the writer of Hebrews, just before this, you can go back and look later, in verses 25, 26, it says, do not give up on meeting together as many are in the habit of doing. Why does he say that? Because they were. And he actually encourages the readers just before he goes into this section, and he says to them, folks, don't give up, because as the day approaches, and of course we know what the day means, it's a capital D, it means the day of the return of Jesus Christ, more are going to choose not to come and meet. They're going to make wise choices in their heads, choose not to come. And it's going to get worse before it gets a whole lot better. You see, sometimes you have to come to the realization that Scripture is correct. <laughs> scripture is right. You know, for so long, I have spent the last several years beating my head against my office wall. Not literally, there's no blood but feeling like it. Why is this person making this decision? Why is this person making this decision? Why is this person doing that? Why is this person doing that? Why is this person doing that? And you know, the Lord said through this message, he said to me, would you, would you grasp this, Brett? I told you it was coming. I can't be more clear You do the job that you were called to do, and you, worry, you let me worry about the production of that job. You let me worry about the Holy Spirit worry about dealing with the other situations. You do the job you were called to do with the people.
And then he said to me, you know, not verbally, not any of that kind of crazy stuff, but, but he said to me in my spirit, he said, listen, look back to your past. Have I ever, have I ever let you down? I mean really let you down, not because you think I let you down, not because you felt like I let you down, but have I ever, ever, when I've asked you to do something, let you down? And there were some dark times that I had to go back through, and there were some issues that I had to work back through, and God reminded me, no, you never have. And I can 100% guarantee this morning, spoken from the word of God, I can 100% guarantee that you would find the same. Not when you feel, not what you feel. Not what you think. Was God faithful? Was God standing there? Was God willing to hold your hand? Even if you walked away from him, was he still willing to hold your hand? And the answer to that question is yes. Because God is always good and always wants the best for his children. But number two, you know you have a better possession. Here's what it says in 10, 34 through 35 of Hebrews. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. The writer of Hebrews now points out why they were so successful at the moment of trial. Why did these people have the trials that we're having today and, and, and theirs was much, much worse. There was much, much more persecution. I believe we're starting to see the persecution, but I don't think we're anywhere close to what the Hebrew people experienced. I mean, I think many people think we are, but I don't think we are. We're getting there, but we ain't there yet. And so there they are, and they're, they're successfully endured all of this. Why? Because in their mindset... They knew they had something better. They knew they had a better, lasting possession. They knew that these earthly possessions did not matter. All that mattered were the heavenly possessions. We must not forget that our earthly possessions are nothing. They are not valuable. They ultimately do not matter. It is so easy to have our eyes on the wrong possessions, is it not? Even your own wife. the writer of Hebrews is saying. You want to know why the Hebrew people didn't give in to the frustration, didn't give in when people stopped meeting together, didn't give in to all those things because they knew at the end of the day it wasn't about the car that they were driving. It wasn't about all the possessions they had. They knew that at the end of the day there was a better possession and that was in another place where they held citizenship that was much more important than the citizenship they hold here. That's why the Hebrew people endured. And that's why many people will not endure during the end times. Because it's all about what's here and now. What makes me happy? What makes me fulfilled? What makes me this? What makes me that? And it's not about the beautiful riches of what God has given us already. And 
And so the writer of Hebrews is saying to these people, listen, the reason you survived, the reason you have joyfully accepted, did you hear those words? Joyfully accepted. They, they didn't, when, their, when their property was confiscated, they didn't say, just, oh, you know what, you idiots, just go ahead and take it. No, they joyfully said, here it is, man. Can you imagine ourselves doing that? Where someone is coming in to take our property because of what we believe, because of what we, we stand for. And we joyfully, not just half-hearted, not just, oh, I'll get through this and I'll put on a good show for everyone. No, this is joyfully in their hearts. Take it. Take every last bit of it. Because you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not taking it with me where I'm going. And there's a much better possession up there than down here. Whew. Wow. We have a possession that is eternal in its quality. That's why Jesus spends time in that Sermon on the Mount talking about treasures in heaven versus treasures on earth. You know this part of it that he talks about. What does Jesus himself say? He says those things that you build up here, they're going to rust. They're going to they're turn to dirt. They're going to return to the very places that they've always returned to. It's not going to stay. It's not going to be a part when the new heaven and new earth comes. It's going to be demolished. You want to know what's going to stay? That person you led to Jesus Christ as, your Lord, as their Lord and Savior. That, that, that time that you took to pray with that person who so desperately needed the prayers. Those are the things that are going to stay. Those are the trophies that we are going to earn. All this junk, it's gone. It's so easy, again, to have our eyes on the wrong possessions. The writer tells us that we have a possession that is eternal in its quality. There's nothing you have in your home that has eternal qualities. There's nothing that you own that has permanent value. Whatever was so valuable and so important when you bought it 10 years ago does not have that same value and importance. You know, I can give you every example. What do they tell us today? They tell us a, a car loses value just because you drive it off the lot. You know, I bought a new car several years ago. First new car I ever bought. As soon as I drove it off the lot, I looked at my wife as we're driving off the lot, and I said, well, there goes $10,000 off the price of that car. Half joking. Probably not that much. Maybe that much. But you know where that car's going to go when I'm done walking this place? In some dump or some place. It's not going to be able to be driven on the golden streets. doesn't matter you know when I see this the most important this 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 these these things happening it's around a time in December and you know where I'm going with this around Christmas time you ever see a child open a gift that they've wanted they've wanted so badly right I'm not going to talk about my children this morning they're here I'm not going to say it's them but we can pretend right and so they open the gift and they're they're like dad this is awesome I'm so glad you got me this gift. And then 
a month later, two months later, hey, where's that gift that I bought you for Christmas? I'm not sure. It might be in the toy chest, or I might have put it over here. I'm, I don't know. I haven't played with it in a while. But it was so valuable a month ago. He says in this scripture passage, therefore do not throw away your confidence which has great reward. Here's what he's saying. Here's what people have done. They've taken all their confidence and put it in all the stuff right here. And then when the stuff they possess doesn't bring them the happiness that they thought it would bring them, the money they have in the account doesn't bring them the happiness that they thought it was going to bring them. The writer of Hebrews literally says they throw away their confidence. And you know what that relates to? Go back in the scripture passages. Hence, they don't show up. Because they have no confidence. When push comes to shove, they really don't believe that this is going to make a lick of difference. Because this stuff over here didn't give them the confidence that they thought they would have. Whew. You want to have confidence in the midst of an enduring fight? Get in this. Surround your world with this. You want to fall out? Put it away. Don't take any interest in it. You have a great reward, God himself. Do not throw away your confidence. Maintain your boldness. This is also why last week I told you I was beginning a process of focusing more on ministry of church and not being involved in the outer distractions that can sometimes take me away from some such, such things. Because honestly, at the end of the day, some of those outer distractions have little to no eternal value. And so if we are facing times of persecution and times of frustration and times of things, here's what your pastor is saying to, your, to you this morning. I'm admitting that there are times when I spend a whole lot of time fighting for things that don't have eternal value. They don't have a lick of eternal value. And it's time to start fighting for things that do, like people's souls. Like your growth as a believer in Jesus Christ. That's the desire of the writer of Hebrews. But the other things seem to take our attention off of that. And that leads us to the third thing, which is not rocket science, but it's, it's here. You need to endure. Now you say, well, I came to hear a message on why I should endure, and you're telling me I need to endure. Well, listen, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. The third encouragement for endurance is, again, verse 36 that I just read for you. The writer just simply tells us that we need to endure. Why? 
Because here's why. Here's why. And, and this is probably something that we should apologize for back in the 80s and the 90s. We didn't preach much of this. But the call of the Christian is endurance, folks. Never once are we promised rose fields. Never once are we promised that every step we take will be blessed and it will be turned to gold. Everything we touch will be turned to gold. Everything we do will be blessed. Everything we do will be, will be told that we will make riches off of. That's called prosperity gospel. That's wrong. That's what a lot of pastors want to preach today. Well, if you just do this, you'll get all this. And what the Lord is saying in Hebrews is this. Listen, friends, our call for life, the will of God, is is that you endure. People want to make a big fuss about, and we hear it all the time. What's one question that I've heard over 23 years now that I've been a minister? I can tell you one of the biggest questions. What's the will of God for my life? Now, that's a huge question because sometimes they're asking, who should I marry? Sometimes they're asking, what job should I take? But I can tell you overwhelmingly what the will of God for your life is right now, right here. It's to endure through hard times. It's to not give up on Jesus Christ. It's to not give up on his word of God. It is to endure, endure, endure. But it's so hard sometimes, Pastor. You're not talking to anybody that doesn't understand it. Trust me. Endure, 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 but sometimes people don't see it the way I see it. Endure. 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 Nothing about walking with God is ever pictured as easy or simplistic. Thinking about all the people who followed the Lord, which one of them had an easy life? Please do that today. Take your Bible and say... All right, I'm going to look through all the characters that are in the Bible, the 12 disciples, the, um, you know, some of the prophets, and come back to me with all the lists of the people who had an easy life, always made the right decision, always did the right thing, never had any trouble in their lives at all. And I'll wait for those responses because they're not going to come. No one had it easy. And we don't either. The person we follow had to endure. Jesus showed great endurance through rejection, suffering, and even death. You need endurance. It's easy to become soft with God. I think Satan has done this to us with our, with our prosperity so that when life becomes uncomfortable, we will quit on God. Do you know what one of the missionaries that I know serving in Haiti used to tell me many, many years ago? She used to say to me, you know what the problem with America is? Is prosperity. And I said, well, wait, wait a second. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with having riches as long as you're giving to God and all these kind of things. And she said, no, listen to me. She said, when prosperity is taken away, you're going to watch people fall off the face of the earth. Gas prices rose. Things started getting tough in our economy. And I can just tell you in personal conversations, there are a few that have said, enough is enough, I'm done. Why? Because prosperity is that question. Because if the bank account doesn't match with what we say it should match, then all of a sudden God is smaller than what he was in the scriptures. 
She was exactly right. She used to hate coming home for Christmas. She goes, this is insane. You know, now, now she was comparing it to Haiti where they get a goat for Christmas. And all these kids are getting all these gifts, but her heart was in the right place. She was saying, you got to spend all this money, millions of dollars on all these gifts that are just going to sit in some kid's room and collect dust and, and all this stuff when you could be blessing someone. It's prosperity. It's ruined us. We've gotten too comfortable. But God told us at the start of this journey that we will need endurance. We will need to persevere in fact, recall what James said regarding trials. He opened his letters by telling us to count it all joy when we meet trials because the testing of our faith produces what? Say it out loud. What does it produce when you have a trial? Endurance. James said it. And he said, consider them all with joy. Because what they're doing is they're building endurance. And if you don't have endurance, you won't endure. You'll drop it. How tempting it is when we are going through rough times to think we can treat others like they deserve. harder to love our enemies when we're, we ourselves are facing hard times, isn't it? It's harder to show grace when we ourselves are facing hard times. We must remain faithful through all the difficulties because endurance is easy when we are not suffering. It's a whole other ball game when we are. Number, whatever number this is, Jesus is coming. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. The fourth point for endurance is knowing that God will come and he will do something about it. God does deal with evil. God does not stop evil from happening, from ever happening, but God does judge it. The context of this quotation comes from Habakkuk chapter 2. In that prophecy, God has declared that the worldly wicked nation of Babylon would judge God's people, the nation of Judah, for their sins. The prophet Habakkuk has a problem with this. His problem is, is that he knows Judah needs to be judged for its sins. But Babylon is just as sinful, if not worse. God's answer is, is that he sees their evil and judges their sins too. Here's what God says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. It'll be on the screen. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God would vindicate his people and judge Babylon. For these Christians in the first century who are receiving this sermon on, in the form of the book of Hebrews, God would vindicate them and, judgment, and give judgment to those who were persecuting them. The point is, is that God brings justice. We simply need to wait for it. And we don't like waiting for anything, do we? I mean, I can stand in front of, I can put popcorn in my microwave and I get frustrated by the end of the two minutes. Maybe I'm alone on that, but don't you? I wish this two minutes would hurry up. 
I got popcorn to eat, man. I wish this would be done now. I wish this would be done tomorrow. I wish this would be done the next day. And we do the same thing with God. We say, well, he hasn't come back yet. And I'm frustrated by that because I'm, I'm mad. I wish he would just come back. I can't tell you how many times we've been watching the news over the past couple of weeks. And Michelle and I will look at each other and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. And come quickly. Because this is getting out of control. And just because he's slow at it, Habakkuk, he says to Habakkuk, listen, it may seem like I'm slow. And he says in the New Testament, it may seem like I'm slow, but to me, a thousand, one day is like a thousand years. I'm coming, and I'm going to rescue you. And you got to endure until that time comes. And so faith church, yes, you are not the Hebrew church, but you are facing times that are like the Hebrew church. Trust me, you are. You may not see it because when we're in it, we don't realize it. And sometimes someone has to come along like a prophet and tell Israel, listen, look what you're doing. Look what's happening. I'm playing the prophet role today. You're in a battle. It's time to buckle our seatbelts. It's time to decide, are we going to stand for earthly things or are we going to stand for heavenly things? Are we going to put our face and our values on whether we make it to this certain day or are we going to put our face and our values on the fact that Jesus Christ is returning for us someday? And yes, it may seem extremely slow and frustrating. But it's going to happen. In Romans chapter 12, he says it this way in verses 17 through 21. Repay no evil, but give, through, give thought to what it is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will help keep, or you will heap burning coals on his head. And then he writes these last words, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We can endure because we know that God is going to respond with justice. And the bottom line is, is that you and I don't have to pay the bill. We don't got to get the person back. He's coming and he will handle that. We don't have to handle it on our time. He's coming, and he will handle that. And he's coming for us. Last, the righteous live by faith, and but my righteous who won will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. The final point for endurance is to understand that the righteous live by faith. This is the rest of the quotation from Habakkuk chapter 2. Endurance is perseverance in this life of faith despite hardship and persecutions. The life of faith is the life of endurance by relying on God. To state this another way, the righteous live by trusting in the Lord. This is everything that we are doing is showing our trust in God. What other way do we show our faith? What other way do we show our trust in God except when life is hard? Like people don't see us living a Christian life when life is easy. 
Really, they just see us as happy people and, and, and understanding and, and all this kind of stuff. But when life is hard, that's when they watch. That's when they grasp. That's when they look. And he says here, don't lose our faith. We shrink back. How can God take any pleasure in us when we shrink back? It's like Jesus in the New Testament who says, listen, when you take your hands to the plow, now I know this is contrary to where we began. We'll get there quickly. Don't look back. Why? Because when you take your hands to the plow of Jesus Christ and you look back, bad things happen. It would be like this in 2022. The same quotation would go something like this. When you take your hands to the steering wheels on 222, don't just focus in your rear view mirror. Because you don't see what's happening in front of you. Now, what, what the writer of Hebrews asks us to do is take our hands off the plow, turn around and say, how has he been faithful in the past? Back to it. That's what he's asking us to do. And it shows to our world what we believe. The writer ends with this encouragement in verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Again, the author presses on and encourages us not to lose heart. Remember how you have endured through suffering in the past. Keep your eyes on the better lasting possession and not the things of earth. It is the call of life to endure. Nobody said life in Christ was easy. Again, we know that the Lord is coming, and finally, the righteous live by faith. That's the call of encouragement this morning. Want to withstand a storm that we're in? Do these things. Want to get swallowed up in the storm and get hit by the winds and get knocked around? Forget them. Hebrews stayed the course and they passed the test. And so today I'm sounding the alarm. I'm asking us, will we consider passing the test? I can only deal with this person. You all have to deal with your person. The test starts right now what will you do with Jesus what will you do with Jesus because people will look at you weird I began this message today I began this service today saying tongue in cheek we are not in Kansas any longer because we're not the things that I want to put my fist in the air and fight sometimes. Not in this world. What about you? Will we show grace and truth? Will we stay the course? Or will we get sucked up, sucked in, beat up, and quit?
praying for you. And while this sermon was a little bit encouraging and a little bit of discouraging, I hope it was more encouraging than discouraging. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 